Thomas. This is Robbie. And this is Megan. And you're listening to the Drop Podcast, where we talk all things running, including industry insiders, athletes, shoe designers, you got it, anything that has to do with running. That's right. Uh, this week, the podcast is sponsored by Pure, P-W-U-R-E, and they are a nutrition company that uses your data to formulate nutrition specifically for you. So Meg, what are they doing on Strava? This month, Pure is hosting a challenge called Optimize Your Running with Pure. All you have to do is join the challenge and then run 21.21 kilometers, which is about a half marathon, or I think it's exactly a half marathon, from now until the end of January. And then you have a chance of winning $2,500 worth of really cool stuff. So it's like a mixture of Pure, Inside Tracker, and a bunch of data-driven companies that will... Help you be a better runner. Yep. So to do it, go ahead, head over to Strava. We'll have a link in the description. All right. So uh, here's the part where we get to hear about our running. Our journey in life. Our journey in life. Yeah. Um, So, you know, as always, Megan's crushing right now. Megan, you had a pretty tough workout today. How's running going in general? And then walk us through what your workout was. Running is going very well, pretty well. Um, this past Saturday, I woke up feeling really horrible and still ran 20 miles at a 6:45 pace. Yeah, but it was definitely <laughs> didn't feel that great. And, um, up until yesterday, I thought maybe I had COVID, but um, we're good because okay. I feel great now. Well, if I come down with a <laughs> debilitating lung sickness <laughs> in three days, we'll know. Yeah, I think it's probably, I mean, unless you're asymptomatic, it's probably pretty hard to run 20 miles at a hard effort. I would think with so. COVID. I don't know. I don't know much about science. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. yeah. So that was great on, on that. And that was kind of a downer that you weren't feeling well. But then now you're feeling great. You had a workout today. How'd it go? Yeah, it was great. I had a four by two miles at marathon pace minus 10 seconds. So it ended up being a 15 mile run, which is pretty long for a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, felt good. And that, like you talk about like the four miles at marathon pace minus 10 to 15 seconds. You ended up running the whole thing at what pace? It was like a 6.45. And today? Yeah, this morning. Okay. Just drops it. Like, and I, you know, I guess. How are you recording the podcast right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it was fun. And it's, it's kind of weird because we had a similar course today. I noticed that we both did the Raven Stadium. Wow. I ran oh. around it three times. Oh, is that like a thing where if you do that, they're going to win this weekend? That was my thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you do that last weekend? I did. Really? <laughs> so oh, now I can't so stop. <laughs> <laughs> Every run is around Raven Stadium. If uh, anyone's, if Lamar Jackson's listening to this, because we know you probably do. That's, that's why he runs so well. He's like, let me find out about some shoes and Megan. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna put his trust, big trust, big trust, in believing they're on. Yeah. Um, I will say I was wearing my Mango Alpha Flies this morning. Which it kind of, mm. like every time I lace those up, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit. Yeah, because you are. Because. <laughs> Technically, uh, no, yeah, I know. I mean, it's still, still, you got to run in them. Hey, right. and you're going to run in them on race day, so right. it's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah, cool, Thomas. I, I mean, talk, yeah, talk for about you a little bit here. For me, I really, I'm still thinking there's voodoo in this new diet that I'm doing, which isn't a diet. It's just kind eating of like more carbs, eating, yeah. eating more carbs, actually eating more protein. Yeah. Uh, so it's like a a mixture of carbs and protein that uh, you know we've been working with. Um, our friend Megan Featherston, who has Featherstone Nutrition plug, um, <laughs> we're not even paid to do yeah. that. And and I've been feeling 
I've been feeling it. And my weekend runs like last we did a, and I know for some people it's not a really hilly route, but we went out to Ellicott city and we ran with the faster bastards on Saturday. And I was just kind of in a groove and I wasn't really even pushing. Now I was wearing fast shoes, but I was just trying to keep it easy. Adios pro. No, actually this, this weekend it? it was, it was a pair of old vapor flies. Oh, I have like okay. 300 miles on them. Um, but you know, I was running and I just was kind of in that groove and it didn't feel like it was a hard effort. And, you know, again, running right around marathon pace, if not a little faster, finished up and it, it was hilly for me. Like it was like, did you feel it was, did you feel it was gritty? Have you felt any gritty runs? Yes, it was gritty. I'll put it this way before the run, it was 20 something degrees out. And I had left here. Normally we run from the house down to the Canton waterfront park, but this is, you know, we're trying to spread it out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, uh, going over to, um, Ellicott city, which is about half an hour from the house. And I realized I didn't have any gloves packed. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you take your socks off? <laughs> no. I, it, actually, that was, if I had thought of that, I ended up going to 7-Eleven, and uh-huh. I bought, like, a pair of, like, they had gloves there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he came home, and he's like, they're the best things ever. Yeah. I, I, like, we, are we 7-Eleven? Re- are we going to review them? Uh, this is the review. <laughs> they turned out that they were, like, the best, like, they're really warm gloves. And it's Save hard your to f- money, people. Go to 7-Eleven, well, buy a pair of $10 gloves. They weren't that cheap. They were 17 bucks. Oh. Okay, so. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could stitch a little Believe in the Run logo on it and we could resell them for do you 30. Get, do you get a free Slurpee with a purchase? <laughs> no, but I was also lucky. I didn't bring my wallet with me and I had my phone. So, so I was, stole, oh, okay. I was able, to, able to use my phone to buy them. I thought so. you were going to say they were free then. Well, you know, <laughs> if that guy could catch me, I was wearing, I was wearing did, paper fine. No did, chance. Did Thomas tell you what I got him for Christmas? Uh, no. It was the tile. Are you familiar with the tile? Is that like the... Where you can find shit. Where you find the key. Yeah, you hook yeah. up your keys and stuff. Because he can never find oh, anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it like useful to you? I've used it two times already. <laughs> Have you lost it two times? <laughs> well, no, it's got a tile on my keychain, a tile in my wallet, and a t- you can use your phone. Okay. So yeah. I couldn't find my phone. So you can hit the tile on your keychain, it finds your phone. Wow. And then okay. I couldn't find my keys. So That's I hit great. the tile and I mean, finds the keys. Man, maybe I should get that because Kimmy would love me. It, 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 it saves like 15 I, minutes every time you have to leave it, the house. Yes. But that's the thing. It wasn't a gift for me. It was a gift for me. <laughs> it's for everyone around you. It, yeah. it kind of works for, every, yeah, for yeah. everyone. Okay. Anyway, and then uh, today I had my workout um, prescribed by uh, Aim For It Coaching. Another mm-hmm. plug. Um, and Lots of plugs. Yeah, we did a two-mile warm-up. Then I did uh, three miles at around a 7.30 pace. And then like a five minute like jog and then uh 400 repeats okay and again i felt really good i almost had a panic attack because i wanted to stop my watch immediately after i finished so that my run time and my your your polar, time your polar good x watch yeah yeah but uh and so <laughs> i thought i lost my workout so i was like almost about to cry. I was going and I was making my breakfast and I was like, it's gone. Uh-huh. All that work is gone. It count. A nine mile run. If it's not on Strava. It didn't happen. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. Like I want my splits for it's the coach. That. I wanted, it's that it, it is that, but <laughs> I didn't even know, that. honestly, I didn't know how far I ran because you know, oh. I'm doing a workout. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know the mileage. So I wouldn't have been able to like figure that out. Well, I'm glad the day was saved. <laughs> 
Yeah. It was. It was. It, it, good things happen. We might not have had this podcast. Yeah. Good things happen <laughs> to good wash. people. <laughs> oh, it's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was. It's awesome. But I'm feeling good. Like I'm like. You look good. You look good. Wow. I've seen that running gate when we were doing the video. All right. Yeah. 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 You guys will get to see that soon. We just did it. What did we shoot yesterday? We said Topo Athletic Cyclone. 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 Which we don't need I to just, revisit that. No, nope. we're revisiting this because <laughs> I just found out yesterday, and I think I knew this, but I just had forgotten that a cyclone is a hurricane below the hemisphere. It's just in the yeah Indian and South Pacific oceans. Seems weird. We have to have different names. Yeah, and apparently a typhoon is also one yes. that's in another place. So, and they're all shoe that you can probably get a hurricane, a typhoon, and a cyclone. Well, that's in, in the review. Shoe. Austin made that joke, so oh, okay. he was like, "You got you have the Saucony hurricane." You yeah, have the, I mean, I don't know why shoes want to be named after things that destroy people's <laughs> lives. Yeah. But this you know, is what will happen to your feet. Yeah. Um, so we filmed that one. We did. We ended up having to reshoot ones from last week, and we read it. We did uh, what Asics shoe is right for you. Went through their lineup. Yeah, and uh, you know what? It might be a good segue to go right into. Yeah, I mean, don't I don't care yeah. that I don't ask about my week. We don't care. Oh, I, I forgot. <laughs> Just end the recording wow. now. Since there's nothing else to talk about. Wait a second. I, I wouldn't have rambled so long if I remember Robbie. You would have rambled that long. <laughs> I would. So, Robbie, how's your running going? Nobody's left on this podcast right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the running's a little bit okay. I'm doing a little bit more running. I'm actually not uploading anything to Strava because I'm like, I just don't care. I think that's good to do every once in a while. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to do it again, to be honest. Mm, like You will. Maybe once. You wait. When yeah. I get to the 15 mile runs, <laughs> you'll sure. be back. Or, or you're like, damn, I just dropped a six something. Yeah. Mile. Like, yeah. Mm, back on the But I have something to actually show off. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. But I've been doing a lot of like high intensity interval training workouts. What do they call it? Hit? It. I feel like I can't say hit because it bothers me that there's an extra I. I in there. Yeah. Just smash them together. Height. Height. <laughs> um, so that's been going horribly um, because it turns out I'm not fit in any way. Where whatsoever. are you doing these workouts? So one of my friends <laughs> does a uh, like a Zoom with some other people. Oh. And it's actually, it's like ridiculously hard i guess because i've never are you, done those are you on the zoom video doing it like are people can seeing they see you, you? yeah well, that's mm. awkward do you wear it I well would it's like everybody's doing it so you can't really like they're doing the exercise it's not like i would get a lead i would feel super judged as someone it's who like does five do it's like training it's like five dudes and okay. they're all like pretty chill they're not like crazy so nobody's fit. just sitting there with a beer watching you no <laughs> I would. That's a different kind of zoom. <laughs> um, Jump up and down, Robbie. <laughs> that's oh, onlyfans.com slash. Uh, yeah, that's our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, it's that's been going good because I do actually feel stronger. I feel like it's been helping me with my injury. Like I always it's only I've only been doing it like 10 days, but I feel like I can tell. And how yeah. was PT? Didn't you do that last I'm week? I'm doing it. No, I start Friday. Oh, so and that's a crazy thing because like. When you step out of the, like, we feel super strong and fit running because that's what we do. Yeah. Second you step out of that into another sport, movement, whatever, yeah. you realize. You're not in shape. Yeah. No. Well, um, so they didn't do it this morning, so I just did my own thing. And I found a YouTube video 
like I, I've been looking, I forget what the guy's name is, but he did like Elliot Kipchoge's like what they do as their oh, wow. core routine. Mm-hmm. And I basically did that like three times. Like, so it's kind of like high intensity, but just, it was like a 10 minute routine, like three times. And that dude, it sucked. Like it was, it was legit. Um, so well, if Elliot's doing it, I'm sure it's legit. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not like fit that way. So it was, I felt it pretty good. So. Okay. That's insane. You're also Robbie's throwing it out there, going for breaking two. <laughs> yeah, breaking two You're for the half marathon. Doing some really gritty bike rides because I saw you <laughs> at like six a.m. <laughs> one morning. Mick comes in the house. He's like, "I just saw Robbie on his bike riding around. It's twenty degrees out. He's, he's riding like, around like a madman. It's like still dark." Yeah, I uh, so I hadn't refreshed my phone from the day before, and I woke up and I was like, "Oh, it's thirty-nine degrees. That's not so bad." So I got off my clothes on for 39 degrees and went out. And I'm like, a mile in, I'm like, it seems like my hands are really cold. <laughs> like, and, and I did my whole bike ride. I was like, that's weird because I didn't overheat. Usually I get kind of sweaty. And then I like walked in the door. My uh, my wife was like, yeah, it's like 24 degrees out. And I was like, oh, that explains why I was so cold. So I can't feel my face. <laughs> I, mean, I just went for like five or six miles, but just trying to get it in a little extra yeah. exercise. But anyways, so yeah, it's been a fun week. Oh, and I haven't drank in 10 days, so. Wow. Whoa. Um, yeah, good so that's job. been good. That's amazing. I feel very healthy. I'm going to bed at like 10.45 each night. Mm, that's Wait, late. <laughs> when do you normally go to bed? Oh, like midnight. Because you're drinking? <laughs> yeah, or just like <laughs> st- staying up and doing like dumb crap. But now I'm doing that I'm doing those workouts in the morning yeah. and things like that. I'm getting, getting up at 5.30, yeah. 5.45. So. Well, that was where since COVID time, I've kind of laxed what time I start my running and then this morning because we have the boys here and stuff and I wanted to make sure they're ready for school. Um, the, I got up at like five 30 mm, to, yeah. which used to be normal, which used to be normal, but right. now, it, now feels it feels like early. might as well have invented like a new, you know, thing. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, I was like, I forgot what it's like to start to run in the dark and had the sun and come the, up and, and the run in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually the sun came up. It was nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, a little bit of running talk. So first check in. Think about this. You are out there for you and you're feeling good and you're glad you're out the door. Bring some of that joy to those around you. When you see somebody out there, we talk about Project Run Wave. Go ahead, wave, share your joy. Spread this stuff. All right, so one of the things that we got sent us this week yeah, was something called the Hydra Gun. Yeah, and you would think that this is like a water device that like shoots a high sh- stream of... It's like a super soaker. That's yeah, what you think. Yeah, a Hydra. You'd think that. But <laughs> I have a, something else. Didn't the Hydra have several different heads? It did. Ah, maybe that's Maybe why. that's it. Because you can take these up. Look at school education working for us again. Greek mythology right there. Yeah. It is Greek. We right? brought up uh, the Odyssey. <laughs> now we're bringing up the Hydras. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's a massage gun and it is pretty slick looking. Like if, as far as massage guns go, this one's a, a work of art. I mean, yeah, because we've gotten some real garbage ones, ones that we haven't even reviewed that because they broke after, I don't even think one time. Yeah. So this it seems kind of nice. Turn it on. So yeah. Let's see what this it sounds is, like. Well, their whole thing is it's quiet. And I'm going to hold it next to the microphone is that it's really quiet. So I'm going to start it up here. Okay. Lowest setting. Yeah. It's pretty quiet. Okay. I'm going to yeah. go up. 
start hearing it now. Yeah. But I mean, compared to... Yeah, this is right up on the microphone. I mean, you can still hear us. Yeah. And listen to all the gears it has. I yeah. mean, we're going to the future here. Yeah. Oh, and we're back. It's and 2021. Back. Yeah. So it, it's pretty quiet. I would say it's the quietest one I've ever used. Oh, for sure. Because the other ones sound like a freaking hammer yeah. drill when you're... The other one I like is the trigger point one that we re- that we reviewed a while back. The problem with the trigger point is it doesn't have the multiple heads. So this one has like Dude, steel has, heads, plastic heads. It seems like it has it's got this like Y shaped one. It looks like in um like a James Bond movie when they're gonna torture him and like open the chest yeah. of devices. <laughs> Which one are we gonna use <laughs> right, on him? Yeah. Um, and it the other thing that I thought was interesting they they must be a European cop country or something because you need an adapter oh right it comes with the adapter but you need an adapter to plug it into your wall all right so we don't have a full review of that but we will soon um enough about hydro guns and james bond crap let's go on to let's talk about some winter stuff like winter running type things okay i've been like deep in my asics jackets lately yeah i mean we we got a bunch of asics jackets the accelerate is like the one that i think we've all been wearing or the most yeah um like it's a waterproof, has like in, insulation in some spots, which is nice. But yeah, that that's really been treating us well for the last couple of weeks when it gets cold. My problem is always my hands, and I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the mittens are the only thing that keep my fingers warm. But now that um, I'm on longer runs and I have to take in nutrition, you can't actually do that with mittens. So yeah. I bought a whole pack of. Um, hand warmers and I stick them in my gloves. Okay. That actually, if you could come up with a way to incorporate like on your gloves, also have goo (laughs) in the, in the top. So it's almost like a thermos. So no, think about it. You could put like a little like Edward scissor hands, but with goos. Yeah. Yeah. You could put a little hose and just, (laughs) I could get, I could get behind that. Yeah. We got to invent some stuff. Yeah. Let's pitch that to, uh, Uh, it's also uh, tight weather. Yeah, so my favorite tight is the Tracksmith Turnover Tight. What's I, the difference between the NDO and the The NDO is a like colder weather one, I think. Like it's more, it's thicker. It's like, a little thicker. The NDO has those um, stripes. Yeah. The reflective pieces. Okay. Oh, maybe I do have a pair of those. I'm pretty sure you do. Anyways, so, I mean, they're, they're pretty pricey, like 120 bucks or something like that. Yeah. But they're super, like, just luxurious feeling in my mind. Do you know what I never used to use, but since we're trying to cover our faces this year, I use all the time. What is buffs? Yeah, yeah. Like I tried to tell you that. Like I don't leave the house without a buff now. That's my number one piece of running gear. Is that mer- I have a merino one uh-huh. from Smart Wool. Any buff will do, but this the merino wool, as you know, is like the best material ever. So that's nice because it doesn't. Like you don't have to wash it every time, because mm. it merino wool does have anti antimicrobial. But you know what I think is better than that? The ones that are coming that we're gonna have on sale. <laughs> yeah, the I mean, sale. if you want to look good, get the ones from yeah. Believe in the Run that are coming very yeah. soon. I do want to chime in here and say for the ladies listening, the tights. Mm-hmm. If you are short like me, okay, you need to get the crop ones. When we and say short, you're five four. Yes. All of the but tights, tights are too long, on too you all long the time. for me. Yeah. Okay. Like ridiculous. So the Asics light show tight, I believe it's like a seven, eight crop or something like that. 
Um, it fits really well, and they have a tie on the top. So a lot of times, like, your uh, tights fall down. Right. They've got a nice little tie. So I like the Asics tight. The problem that I had with it is, at least in the colorway I got sent, it looks like you're wearing neon high socks. Yeah, I got black, so. Yeah, if there. it was all black, I think I'd like them better. Yeah, note to companies out there, get rid of the block color blocks on the bottom. It's weird. The, it, the it, Brooks did that this year, too. It's, it's It looks like cool. I'm wearing neon uh like calf sleeves I'd or something. I'd rather have, be all black and get hit by a car than have to wear those every day. <laughs> Just from embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. yeah, it's worse. Yeah, so so that's why, um, I mean, they work, mm-hmm. they function, but yeah, I can't do yeah. like a, like I'm not. Are you a gloves or mitten type guy? It depends on the temperature. If it gets below 20, I'm gloves. Yeah. If it's 24 like today it was 24. I went with gloves and I actually use the uh, John G gloves. Oh yeah. That, and you know, it's funny. I've been hit or miss with John G stuff, but this, this particular one that it has like, kind of like almost like a shell on the outside facing, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's soft on the inside and it seems to work in pretty good temps. Like it was 24. There wasn't a lot of wind, but I was comfortable. There's uh the outdoor research ones that we got. Last year, those are my, I still have those. Those are my favorites. I like those. The one with the pullover. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't have a. Mitt. Oh, mine doesn't have a mint. It's just a glove. But I, I feel I like one from them. That I has feel a like they regulate the temperature perfectly. Where, like, even if it's warmer out, you don't get too. They're not sweating. But and then again, the twenty four seven collection from Seven Eleven was yeah, man, was pretty good for sixteen bucks. <laughs> yeah, I just imagine they're like those leather sheepskin ones no. they're wearing dumb and dumber they're like, like fleece <laughs> but they have the little tips on your fingers so you can work your phone oh, like it's oh. it's a pretty good pretty i mean good let's be honest <laughs> like most it's probably the same thing you would buy from running company except exactly. nike jacks up the price by 20 bucks because it has their tag on it yeah <laughs> it's made in the same factory yeah and then uh you know my feet usually do pretty well i don't have to worry about anything special on my feet yeah what about your head my head I mean, I always. You wear a hat? I do. My Boko gear. Okay. People think it's too warm. I, they, I can't stand it. That Boko gear one? Yeah. Oh, I, that one is like my go to. Like, I, I'll throw that thing on. <laughs> it's like, I've worn it for a run, like, you know, 10 miler, and it's just soaked. Like, your whole head's soaked <laughs> underneath. How do you deal with that? I get, I have a very, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed my head is very small. Yeah. So it probably doesn't heat up a lot. It's, you're, you don't get like soaking wet? It, it, it comes, like on the outside of it, you'll see it. Yeah, I, I, I've worn that before in a mile into the run, like down by the water, just throw it in a bush, and then come <laughs> back for it like five miles later because I'm like, I can't wear, I can't wear this. That's insane. Yeah, no, and then uh, you know, if it's if it's above a certain, you time. guys should try the headbands. I that would probably work well because I we have I mean I have to I can't wear a normal cat because you have a ponytail. Yeah, well, the nice thing about like a buff is that you can pull it up over your ears and mouth and nose when you first start out and you can pull it down around your neck or you can make it into like a headband type situation. Headbands. It's, you guys just started. Jazz. This is a guy, this is a guy who's still in the visor tree. I love visors. <laughs> yeah. Visors are great. It says, Hey, I'm an authority. It's figure. the same concept as the headband. It is. <laughs> it doesn't do anything for your ears, <laughs> but it allows the, yeah. the cool yeah. your head yeah. off. Anyways. Did I forget anything else? I don't know. I thought we were going to talk about, um, since we just did the, which ASIC shoe is right for you. And, uh, were we going to talk a little bit about the Noosa Tri 13? 
Yeah, we can go into that. Just touch on it a little yeah. bit since none of us here run triathletes or triathlons. Well, you do. Or you're going to. I'm going to. Okay. I, I, I'm going to do uh, Eagle Man in June. But um, it should sounds be, like a character from Always Sunny. Yeah, it should be interesting. I'm doing it with a bunch of the dudes. And uh, okay. I've never uh, done a real, I've done a sprint triathlon. But that's kind of like dabbling. That's like I feel like you can do a sprint triathlon just like any day, right? Yes. And <laughs> the people running it look like people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's like it's kind of like the five k of of uh, triathlon. What's the distance in a sprint for the swim? For the it swim? was like four hundred yards, and oh, then is that okay. far? I don't that know. Seems far to me. I don't, it it was like swimming. how many laps of the pool is that? I don't even remember. Like they, we basically got in a line and get jumped in the pool and went and then got out. Oh, okay. And then I jumped on a bike and it was like a 10 to 15 mile bike ride. And a 5K? And then a 5K. Yeah. That's And it was my reasonable. first one I'd ever done. Are people I'll, wearing clip-ins? Oh, yeah, I did. Um, the, but like, could you go and not? You could probably. Um, you but could ride a single speed bike probably. I was just going to say, it was like my first time doing one of these. And so all I wanted to do was see what it was like and finish. Yeah. And I think I like came in fourth place for my age group. <laughs> and there was like 500, 600 people. And you finished in four hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on a tricycle. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but it was crazy because this one uh, woman I know, her husband was doing it. And he got two flats in a 10, mile, 10 to 15 <laughs> mile ride. <laughs> he was all angry. Yeah. <laughs> what are the chances? Well, there's two tires. Uh-huh. So, uh but was it in Baltimore? Is that what yeah, explained? Yeah, it was around okay. Patterson Park. Yeah. Oh, so but not Patterson Park. If you don't uh, have Druid Hill, if you don't have puncture resistant tires, you're going down within three miles. Yeah, <laughs> Druid Hill Park. But it was a lot of fun. Anyway, the right, new, the new set. If you like the Evo ride, it's on that Glide Ride um, platform. So it's a rocker sole with an exaggerated toe spring. Mm-hmm. Real fun, smooth through your stride. Evo Ride Two is really nice. We reviewed that. You can check it out. We're going to have the Noosa review up. We actually had Jared stuff his uh, fat feet into a pair to see if he liked them. And it turns out he does like them. Uh, it's, a, it's a great shoe. It's a fast turnover, light, lighter shoe. Uh, pretty simple. If you like Canvara style shoes, if you like the shoes that are like a solid midsole. And it looks really cool. Yeah, it Love looks like, a, like you ran through a bucket of rainbow paint. Like a Jackson Pollock on a shoe or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um. So what are the differences between that and the Evo ride, basically? It has a thinner tongue that's gusseted. Okay. So your foot's going to be a little wet, so keeping your tongue in place is going to be a little more important. It's got a pull tab because you know you got to move fast. Yeah. Like when you want to transition, every second counts. So it's got a pull tab. Uh, The other thing it has, it comes with, if you want to use them, the bungee-style laces, so those elastic laces. So if you want to set it up for your fit, Come off that bike, grab the shoe by the tongue, grab it by the pull tab. Does it have like a toggle thing, like lock laces? Or yeah. Is it, oh, okay. It's got, you know, the, um, like on a jacket, a little depressed yeah. spring Like what all the cool kids collected on starter jackets when I was in yeah. elementary school. Exactly. So, yeah, it was it, that kind of thing. So, it's a fun, light shoe. I really, as far as the shoes we review, we said Evo Ride 2 is probably one of my favorite. Nice. So it's basically like one of your favorites then. Yeah. It, it it's that with a little more flash, a little little more flair. Pizzazz. Yeah. That Japanese styling. It's like Jennifer Aniston is the Evo Ride too. And then 
Jennifer Aniston working at TGI Fridays. T T. I don't oh. think it was TGI Fridays. I think it was like they came up with. I think it was, name. but it was supposed to be. Yeah, like it was that TGI Fridays. And, and the Noosa would be her manager. Ah, with, okay. You know, with more flair. Right. Yeah. Like and she's only wearing the minimum amount right, of flair. Yeah, she was not digging it. Yeah. She said, "I'm out of here." You just do a little more, a little yeah. more flair. <laughs> One of the bobs over here. <laughs> um, all right, so. I think that's good enough for the news. So that review should be up sometime this week or next week. So check that out and let's move on. So today we are talking with Talia Brooks and she is an ASIC sponsored track and field athlete. She's focusing on the pentathlon and heptathlon. Um, She explains what that all is to us because we are not super familiar with the track and field events. So tune in for a very fun conversation with Talia. Yeah, she was great. All right. Second check-in. You've been feeling good. You've been sharing the love. You've been spreading it out there. And hopefully you're getting it back from some of the other runners. And we're just going to continue with this theme. Figure out something to be joyful about today. You're out there. Be in the moment. And you know what? Sometimes our breathing gets out of control. If you're pushing the effort a little bit, do what Meb would do. And just take a deep breath. Recalibrate yourself. You have plenty of oxygen in your lungs. So just keep rolling calm yourself down, but still share love. All right. Today we are talking with Talia Brooks. Talia is an ASICS athlete. Talia, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. So before we dive into all of your amazing recent performances, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school, all that good stuff. Okay. So I grew up in Wichita Falls, Texas. I have a pretty big family. I have four, three sisters and one brother and then my two parents. And I went to school at the University of Arkansas and I graduated with my undergrad degree in communications with the legal studies minor. And I also have a master's degree in communications as well. So I finished that up in 2018. And now I've been running professional for a little over two years now, going on my third year. Um, and I've been with ASICS for one year. And so it's been a really good year. It was tough through the quarantine, but I love ASICS and I love being with the company. That's awesome. I believe the two events that you focus on now are the pentathlon and the heptathlon? Yes. Yes. So I started running track when I was really small, probably about five years old. Um, my dad had my older sister and I running in the summertime. And we kind of just stuck with it throughout junior high and high school and then obviously through college and now. Um, I did more than one sport growing up, but when I got to college, the focus really was track and field. And I think when I was younger, I was pretty good at multiple events. And so when I was in seventh grade, someone mentioned the multi-events to my parents, and that's how I got started into it. And so... It's, it's an event where you have to grow and mature and you learn, you know, as you get older. And so I've, I'm still learning a lot. I'm two years removed from college, three years removed from college, and I'm still learning new things about my event every single day. And so it's really cool, and you're always learning and growing, and that's one of the things that I love about the multi-event. Well, it's interesting. You brought up your dad, took you uh, to summer, in the summer to – you know, get you involved in running. What was his background? Mm -hmm. Was he in track? Like what was his interest in the sport? 
Yes. So my dad ran track and played football at Langston University in Oklahoma. And then he played professional football for a very short time. Um, but we all, yeah, we grew up, my siblings and I, doing all kinds of sports. And so both of my parents are really into sports. And they liked for us to do that just, you know, when we were younger. And then we stuck with it. And it helped get all of us to college. So I know my parents <laughs> are really bad. happy about that. <laughs> yeah. That so helps. for... Thomas and I didn't grow up in the track and field world, so this is all sort of new to us, and I'm sure some of our listeners might not know. Can you explain exactly what the pentathlon and heptathlon are? Yes. So the pentathlon is only done indoors, and it's a one-day event, and you start with the 60 hurdles, then you move to the high jump, the shot put, the long jump, and the 800. So you do all five events and it only counts as one event technically. So the better you do, the more points you score, and whoever has the most points at the end wins the event. So outdoors, it's more well-known, the heptathlon. It's over two days, and you do the 100 hurdles, high jump, shot put, and you run the 200 on day one. And then day two, you come back, and you do the long jump, the javelin, and you finish up with the 800. And it's the same idea better you do the more points you get whoever has the most points at the end of the two days wins the entire event that's that's fascinating because i would think that because it takes different skills you got to have a favorite and you got to lean into like your favorite so which one's probably the one you find the most enjoyable to work on and which one takes the most effort for you to like get pumped up for I would say most enjoyable is long jump for sure. Um, I compete in the long jump openly when I'm not doing the heptathlon because I only do a few heptathlons a year, maybe three, four max. Um, So I would say the long jump and then the 100 hurdles would be a close second or favorites, and it's probably because those are my two best events. (laughs) And then events that it's a little, the throwing events, I'm not a fan of the shot put. (laughs) <laughs> and no, I don't know any multi-eventer that is a fan of the 800. 800 is just grueling, but everyone has to do it. And that's kind of just like a gutsy event. It's what do you have left? It's the very last one. And you just have to go for it. But Would you consider that your long distance running? Yes. So when you're getting ready yes. for something like this and 800s are your long, obviously, I mean, you got to be super fit to compete in all these different events. So you're, going to be in shape anyway, just from practicing, but is there, Mm -hmm. do you also do a lot of running and just regular, like, you know, long runs? In off season, I do. So this past quarantine year, my coach had me running three miles. I only go up to three miles. I don't go past that. So three miles for me is a stretch. And he had me (laughs) doing that a few times a week. Um, and then in the fall, in fall training, I knocked it down to about one time a week because we also work on tempo at practice where I'm running some 600s and some 400s. So once I get in season, I kind of cut the long runs out and we just let fitness take over. That's cool. So let's say you're like in the heat of training for the heptathlon. What is a standard day look like for you? Like, are you practicing uh, for each event every single day? Does it alternate? What does it look like? So it alternates. Um, Practices for me are usually pretty long, a few hours. So I do a lot of hurdles. So let's just say on a Monday, I will do 
some type of running practice. It's usually a harder running workout. And then Tuesday, I'll come back and I'll throw the shot put. I'll high jump. And then I do some circuit um, and bodybuilding type of weights and whatnot. And then I come back on Wednesday and I probably have a hurdle workout. And then I have weights. Then Thursday, I'm back probably long jumping, doing some javelin drills, and then doing those circuits and jump movements. And then we hurdle again on Friday, and then I have a tempo day on Saturday. So every day is a little different, but we try to hit more than one event on each day to kind of mimic, you know, doing one event and then going to the next one. Mm. Um, But I I do a lot of running. I'm more of a sprint-based heptathlete. Some people, you know, are better at the throws or better at the distance. I'm sprint based. I'm really good at the hurdles, really good at the long jump, pretty good at the 200 and the high jump. So a lot of my training revolves around that. Wow. And I'm guessing that you have a team or how, like when we normally talk to say distance runners, they have like a little group of team or a partner that they, you know, like Emma Coburn runs with boss and she'll have Aisha Mm -hmm. Lear with her and, and stuff like that. Do you have, I know you work out with another ASICS athlete, but do you guys have like a team that's doing these workouts or are you kind of on your own? We do. So our coach actually just officially named the group this past 2020. It's called Captain Athletics. And I'm actually the only heptathlete, but since a lot of my events is what everyone else does, (laughs) we all just practice we all just practice together. They don't high jump and throw with me, but we do all of our running together, our hurdles. So we have another 100 hurdler. She's an ASICS athlete. Her name is Peyton. And then we have a 100-meter runner. So when I have some sprint stuff I need to do, I hop in with her, and her name's Kiara. She's also an ASICS athlete. And then we have a few um, 400 hurdlers as well. So I hop in with them on tempo days, uh, Shamir Little and, Janique Brown is also a hundred hurdler from Jamaica. So we have a diverse group um, and it works for me because we're all good at different things. So if it's a tempo day, then the 400 hurdlers kind of take it. If it's a sprint day, then the hundred hurdlers kind of take it. And we all encourage each other and it's a lot of fun. It's definitely easier to train in a group than it is by yourself. For sure. So I'm yeah. grateful for my group. <laughs> I bet, especially this year. I imagine that is... Yeah. Very helpful. Um, speaking of this year, you went to Doha in September. Yeah. I want to hear all about that. Like I mean, that the, sounds amazing. The travel. I mean, I know it was during a pandemic, so I, it might have been a little different than a normal event. But tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about traveling there, being there, what it was yeah, like. If you got to see any of the culture or if it was pretty much locked down. Yes. So, okay. They pretty much had us on lockdown, but it was still a really cool experience. Um, I was already in Europe, so I didn't come from the U.S. when I went to Doha. I was already in Europe, but it was still an extremely long flight. It was like a (laughs) six or seven hour flight from Europe. So flying to Doha, um, I mean, it was fun. There was a lot of different athletes on the flight there. So we had a lot of fun. We got there and found out, you know, that it was on lockdown and they kind of had us in a bubble how they did the NBA season they had us in a bubble everyone at the hotel were only people that had to do with the meat so no one left no one came and went um the only leaving that we got to do was to go to the track but on our way there we did get to see you know the scenery and 
what was around Doha. We got to see some of the people that were there. And so it was really cool. And then talking with some of the workers that were there. So I kind of, I just got to see what was in like my immediate eye, eye shot. I, we didn't really get to go around, but it was a really cool experience and getting to run in a place that I've never been. And I probably would have never gone to if it wasn't right. for track and field. Yeah. Like, I'm super grateful for that. And it was extremely hot extremely hot but it was it was a lot of fun and just seeing the different culture and you know seeing people you know dress differently looking differently i love seeing those things just like it's like getting a new uh yeah you just get a new new view on the world and you just get to see people and cultures that are different from yours yeah and so um, i always think that that's really cool and i'm i'm really grateful for that you ended up having a pretty good performance considering the heat, right? I did. I PR'd in the hurdles, <laughs> and then I was a little disappointed, actually, because I PR'd in the hurdles, and then I had to go straight to the long jump. And by that time, I had sweated out all of my electrolytes or something oh because I was cramping, so then I didn't have as good of a long jump uh, mark as I wanted. But I was really happy with my hurdle time and how it went, and they didn't really have a crowd there because of the lockdown, but they did a good job with the crowd noises and the people that were there to make it feel like people were there and people were encouraging you. So it was a different experience, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's been weird watching football with like the fake crowds, like noises, but it you start to forget about it and just watch the game. But um, a question for you, because like the diamond league came into my knowledge, uh, from reading Dina Castor, another A6 athlete book. Uh, um, what was the name of the book, Meg? Let, let Your Mind Run. Yeah, Let Your Mind Run. And she talks about going to the Diamond mm-hmm. League. And it seems like such an amazing experience for, you know, a track, you know, what is, what a track runner, uh, a track athlete. Um, what, what would you say, it, what's the importance in your career of the different style events like Diamond League versus... Olympic trials versus, you know, the different uh, events that you get to go and participate in? I think all of those events just prepare you for USA, the USA championships or for Olympic trials at the end of the year, because you go to the Diamond League meets and the Diamond League meets are the best meets that you can get in besides the world championships or Olympic games. It's the best regular season meets that a person could get into. And so, those meets are always super packed. There's always a lot of people. And it's just a really good experience running in front of that many people and that high level of competition. So when you get to your championship, it kind of feels like you've been there before. Mm. Um, and it just prepares you for that because that's the highest level of competition that you'll find. So you may not get that same level if you stay you know, in the States or if you run in a local track meet and so running in all those really just prepares you for the end of the year um and like you said there's different stages so you have the world challenge meet which are also a lot of fun i ran in those this past summer as well and it's all just like stepping stones you have to work your way up you know to get into those world challenge meet and then and then to get into the diamond league meet so it all just prepares you and i think running in those races it kind of just, it gives you confidence. Like when you do yeah. well, it's like, oh, okay, I did well against some of the best athletes in the world. 
and then you can't wait to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because that brings up another point, like with the way that you guys were sequestered during this event, normally you get to meet the other athletes from the other countries and, and your competition. Were you still able to sort of make friends and meet the other people and, and kind of socialize with the other athletes? Yes, we were. So when we were in Doha, for example, we got there and we had about seven days before the track meet. And so the people at the hotel let us plug in our music and we were just hanging out at the <laughs> pool, all of the athletes that were there because we all had to have COVID tests as well. So yeah. we were safe in that bubble that we were in and we all got to hang out. We would see each other at lunch and dinner and people didn't want to sit in their rooms the entire time. So lunch would probably be like a two and a half hour oh, wow. deal because we all just wanted to sit and talk and, you know, talk about where we had been that summer. Um, because some people you were with them the entire time, but then some people, you know, you may see them in Switzerland and then you go off to Croatia and they go off to Germany and meet back up somewhere else. And so you're kind of just talking about your experiences and trying to find something to do. But, over the course of the summer in those six weeks that I was there, I did get to meet a lot of people and um, some places were a little more strict than others, but we had a lot of fun and we got to see a lot of new things and it, it was just, it's an experience. Every time I go overseas, it's just an experience that sometimes it's hard to find words for. It sounds like the best summer camp. Ever. I know. I was like very <laughs> jealous as you're describing this. Talking to people. It is. It is. It's tough. It does get tough after about two weeks. Sometimes you're ready to go home, but then you just remember it's like, well, I wouldn't be here if who would have ever thought that I would go to Zagreb, Croatia. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just pick that place on my own to go to. And so it's really cool. You just remember that, you know, you're seeing a different part of the world and there's a lot of people that will never be in my shoes to do that. And so you just, you know, you pick your things up and you go to the next place because <laughs> you're moving like every three days. You're going somewhere new. And sometimes it's even faster than that. I want to say my fifth week that I was there before Doha, I went to Rome and I was in, I might get my order messed up, but I was in Rome like on Monday, Tuesday traveled to Croatia, raced on Wednesday, Thursday traveled to somewhere else raced on Friday. So some places you're only there for a day and a half and then you're moving on. But That's the coolest though. It's Just still a, a crazy in. experience. Does all that travel affect your performance at all? Are you not tired? I mean, I'm thinking of just the physical traveling, getting on a plane or car or however, and then also if there's a time difference. It's really hard. Um, I think you get used to it. So that's why a lot of agents like to get you over to Europe and then have you stay there sure, yeah. instead of coming back to the States because that is a lot of travel. But once you're over there, the time differences aren't crazy. It's almost like going from state to state here in the U.S. Um, so it's really not bad. When you have track meets that are every other day, like I had for that one week, that was tough. <laughs> that was tough. And sometimes I would travel to the new place and not even go to the track. I would just go to the hotel, go to sleep, and then get ready to race the next day. Mm. Um, but that's part of the grind, and sometimes you have to do that. And I think at the end of the day, it just makes you stronger, and you realize, oh, I, I did that with one day of rest or with a three-hour travel. Um, and it just, yeah, it's, 
it gets you ready for what's to come. So when you're doing all this traveling, are you by yourself? No, I, so the way my agent works, he always has us in a group. So I'm usually at least with one other person. This summer, our entire group stayed together pretty much the entire time. Um, But I know some athletes, they do travel by themselves. One of my training partners that was here, she was by herself for the first two weeks that she was over there. And so I prefer to travel with other people Yeah, just because you are in a new place. And sometimes you go places where they don't speak a lot of English. The signs are not in English and you just kind of have to find your way. Um, And it can be scary. It's also just a learning experience and you learn to be very resourceful. Google Translate becomes your best friend, um, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun and it's, yeah, it's, it's a different experience. That's super cool. So of all the places that running and track and field have taken you, what has been your favorite? My favorite, I would say that my favorite place to run was in London at the Olympic Stadium there mm. and that was that was just amazing. That was an amazing experience. My favorite place that I've been is Venice. And I didn't actually run in Venice, but we had a track meet that was about an hour away. And this was us just being resourceful. Somehow we found a train that went to Venice and came back and we hopped on the train and went there. And that was a really cool experience. Um, Cause that's just very different than what you see here in the States. Uh, I also went to a place called Bellinzona, Switzerland, and mm. that yeah. place is amazing as well. There were castles. <laughs> You're hitting them all up. Yeah, real castles everywhere, yeah. and so it was a lot of fun. It's funny you mentioned London because when we go on trips, the first thing we like to do is like we explore the city by running through it. And I have to say, mm-hmm. London was one of my favorite because growing up, you know, you you see all the footage and movies. Big ben. Yeah, Big Ben and <laughs> <laughs> Tower of London. Um, and we go there and you run the streets past them and you run around, you know, Buckingham Palace and that stuff. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's like, it makes it so real. And it's like, it does turn, it's like combining two passions, so running and, and travel. And, you know, same thing when we went to Paris. So I can't, I can't imagine getting paid to do it. That would be even better. <laughs> yes. So I want to jump back a little bit to your transition from a collegiate athlete to a professional athlete, because I'm curious, it all sounds super glamorous and fun and maybe a little bit stressful with logistics of traveling. But um, what was it like going from a collegiate athlete to a pro? And do you have a lot more pressure now in terms of um, like wanting to make your sponsor happy? It was a tough transition for myself, especially because coming out of college my senior year, I did really well indoors. I won nationals in the pentathlon. And then early in the outdoor season, I was injured. So coming out of college, I was just coming off of an injury. I went overseas for a month and did pretty well. But those next two years for me were just full of injuries. It was a lot of ups and downs, mostly downs. Um, and I think now just being a little older and knowing how to take care of my body, I would say it's almost less pressure. Um, because I, I, I guess I would just say, I know what I'm doing. 
now. I still have a lot to learn, but I've learned a lot of things since leaving college um, that has helped me along the way. And ASICs has been, they've been phenomenal. They, they kind of try to take all of the pressure off of us. They're just like, be you, do what you do what you can do and we'll be happy. And so they do a good job of trying not to put that pressure on you because sometimes having that pressure can make it harder to perform. And then you start thinking about things that right in that moment don't really matter. And so at the end of the day, you came to the track meet to perform. And if you do what you've been doing in practice and do what you know how to do, then the numbers will come and then the sponsor will be happy. And so ASICS does a really good job with that, um, and they're all very supportive from the top on down. Everyone is very supportive, and it's really like a family. That's interesting. It ties right in with the campaign they just launched uh, today with the Sound Mind, Sound Body. And yes. it sounds like they're. it's good to hear that it's not just a marketing slogan and that they're trying to provide that to you as an athlete. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I. Yeah, they've they've done an amazing job with that and they really try to live by that within the company and through the athletes, like I said. And so they're what? always sending encouraging notes, everyone, like whether it's on social media or emailing and, um, what, what does sound, sound mind, sound body mean to you as an athlete? For me, sound mind, sound body is when, my physical being and my mental state are in an alignment. And sometimes that happens at different points in the year or different points in the season, but it's when I feel whole and I feel confident and I'm flowing. So then you're kind of not even thinking about your performance or your practice. It's all just coming to you because you've exercised it so much and you've repeated the same thing so many times that now you're just flowing and you're confident and you're for myself, I'm usually smiling, I'm glowing, I'm happy. And so it's kind of all a flow. That's the best way that I can describe it is a flow. I love that. And, and, you know, I don't know it translates if anybody's listening and hopefully they are (laughs) because otherwise (laughs) what are we doing? But you've got to check out, uh, the Instagram account. So, uh, jump on that it it I, i'm trying to i'm bad because i should have it written down in front of me but could you give them your instagram account yes it's at love l-o-v-e underscore t brooks b-r-o-o-k-s yeah i was gonna get that wrong so that was good <laughs> but it, i just yes. i love it it's like a very positive very bright uplifting um instagram feed it's fun to when it pops up in my feed so i i love it so um it definitely, you can see kind of your spirit through there. I want to go back, though, to something you talked about, your master's. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's very interesting master's to have, especially when we see what's going on in the world right now, not just in athletics, but in just general. Can you go into that a little deeper and let our, our listeners know what, what it's all about? Yes, yeah, so... I got my master's degree from the University of Arkansas, and I did my master's project over athletes protesting and how using sport as an arena to protest social injustices 
can be very beneficial because of the audience that watches sports. It's a very diverse audience. So you have, you know, socioeconomic differences, racial backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds. They're all different because everyone watches sports. And so I was just arguing in my paper that protesting in sports is very beneficial and that we should also start teaching that to younger children because a lot of times the most time that kids have is at school and if they're seeing on the tv you know what's going on but they're not really learning about it then they're just getting what they see on the television and so I tried to put that into work I guess this summer and it kind of just happened accidentally at first but one of my friends and I ended up putting on a event in the summer after there was a protest here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. After that, we were like, oh, what else is going on? We didn't know of anything else going on. So we were like, let's just make something ourselves. And we planned an event in 10 days. And it was probably the most stressful thing that I've done to date. To plan that event in 10 days. And it turned out huge. Like the community support was amazing. We raised $6,000 in about seven days. Wow. Um, A6 helped us out. A6 was amazing. I didn't even tell them about the event until two days before. And they were like, <laughs> what can we do? What can we do? How can we help? And they ended up overnighting t-shirts for the event for us to sell and then to donate the money. And uh, yeah, they got them here within a day and a half from California. Wow. They were here for the event, and it was amazing. So it was a lot of fun, um, and I was really just, you know, I try to use my platform for good. Like, I stand strong by what I believe in and how I feel, and especially on social media, I try to I try to be real. Like, I'm a very positive person, but, you know, everyone has downs. They're not happy every single day, and I, I just try to, you know, be real on social media so people can see that and so people don't always you know see a life on social media and want that life but don't realize you know what's really going on all the work that goes into it that's fascinating i just think that you know it's like being able to further your education at the same time and something you're passionate about and tie it into your passion with sports and running is like like again traveling <laughs> traveling the world and doing the meet is tying it all together. It's you're finding great ways to bring your passion alive. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. It's been, it's kind of been a whirlwind, but it was a lot of fun. Third check-in. We're almost done with the podcast. You're almost done with your run. Maybe you're not, maybe you're going to go longer anyway. Maybe you're listening to this like you didn't finish it. Cause this is going to be a long one and you're back here. Listen, just the tail end, but here's the tip. The tip is be proud of yourself. Share that joy. Be kind to yourself. Let yourself know that you did something positive today. That like if you get nothing else done today, at least you got this run in. Go home. Be happy. And you know what? When you're happy, you can be kind to other people. So take that happiness and share it with your loved ones. Share it with people you don't like. Be nice to people. Are we going to ask her what her favorite running shoe is? Sure. Let's hit it. Wait, but before we... <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, before right. we do that, um, I want to, and this is not probably a fun subject, but 
you obviously overcame a lot of injuries. I think I read that you had seven knee surgeries. Yes. Was there ever a time when you're going and struggling through these injuries where you're wondering if this is the right career path for you? Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. Multiple times. Um, I think the one that sticks out the most to me was in 2019. I was hurt. I hadn't practiced in a long time. I was very upset. And I was like, what am I doing? Why am I still doing this? I could go get a regular full-time job and move on with my life. Uh, But everyone that's close to me has always known, you know, I've always talked about going to the Olympics. I've always wanted to give myself a real shot at running professional track. And at that time, I, I don't think I had given myself that shot yet. But I remember I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, no, I think I'm going to be done. I think I'm going to be done. I think I'm going to stop. And I'm just going to move from Arkansas. And I remember he told me that he was like, well, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But you're not moving here. And I was like, well, why not? He's like, because I've known you a very long time and you've always said that's what you've wanted to do. And if I let you come here and just let you quit, then I'm going to have to hear that for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I, was yep. like, I was like, oh, Smart you're man. right. Okay. <laughs> and so after that, I was like, okay, I was down for a few months still, but I ended up pulling through and, you know, I, I worked really hard. And I think I would just tell myself that, you know, I don't, I don't work this hard be this down all the time like it's going it's going to come around we're going to get it together um and I had a really supportive group around me with my coach and my family and I think without them it definitely wouldn't have worked out but I I had those moments um I think everyone goes through those but if you have a dream and you really believe in it then you just you stick with it and you give yourself a fair shot to accomplish that dream yeah, I love that. I mean, it's tough. Otherwise, what do they say? Everybody would do it. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to hit some yeah. bumps in the road. For sure. So and I think that can be applicable to any aspect of life, not even just sports. Yeah, so. absolutely. So what is next for you? Is there anything on the calendar for 2021? Yes. Yeah, so we are actually, I'm saying we. There are some professional indoor meets being hosted here at the University of Arkansas, and they're supposed to be on ESPN, and I will be running in some of those. They start on January 24th, and they're every Sunday for four weeks, I believe. And so I'll be running in those, and then we'll see about going overseas during the indoor season. I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet, Um, but a lot of it will be training and really just trying to get prepared and make sure I'm ready to go for the Olympic trials in June. Um, but I am looking forward to getting some indoor races in and then really starting the outdoor campaign. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's so exciting. Uh, we're definitely going to have to tune in to ESPN every Sunday now. Yeah. Yes. I mean, what else is going on in January anyway? So everybody should tune in for it. Yeah. Right. Everyone should tune in. Yeah, I mean, there's, I guess there's that football stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there's football, but I'm, I think these meets are during the day 
early early in the daytime. So awesome. people will have time to catch the track meet for an hour and a half and then cheer on their favorite football team. Yeah. Will you be doing indi- individual events or is this the heptathlon? Um, well, it's indoors, so I guess no, that's No, I'll the... be doing individual events. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I'll be doing individual. And that, they'll vary, so I'll get back to high jumping. I have not high jumped in a track meet since I was in college, indoors 2018. So it'll be three years that I have high jumped in a track meet. So, so you're going to keep the stick real low, like one. three feet? Or are we going to be going for it? <laughs> I don't know if they'll let me start that low, but <laughs> we've been working, so we'll see how it looks when it gets back going in a track meet. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to try out some different events that I haven't done in a few years and and then keep doing the ones that I'm really good at. And so, you know, because people like doing things they're good at, but yes. we also have to work on the stuff that, that needs work. Well, if, if I don't know how much you know about us, probably probably similar to how much we know about track. I mean, we should <laughs> we should probably learn more. But um, we we are shoe nerds. Like that's mm-hmm. that's pretty much how we got started in doing what we do. Is that we just love shoes and gear, running gear so much that we pretty much reviewed it a ton. And so we all mm-hmm. we always have favorite shoes and obviously you're with ASIC so one of yours is probably going to be an ASIC shoe but like when you're going out for your runs what's the shoe that you like if it's not a track spike or you can give me both you can give me a track spike and a uh, you know casual okay. running shoe. this might surprise you because when I told ASICs this they were surprised <laughs> my favorite running shoe is the Dell Excite <laughs> yes I love I love the Excite um they're very comfortable. I've had some feet problems in the past, and so they're very comfortable, but they're also very light because I don't like heavy shoes uh, because I have to do a lot of plyos at practice. Sometimes we have to run on the grass in our running shoes, and so I, I normally don't go for a heavier shoe. But I love the Excite, and on race day, my go-to spike is the Meta Sprint. No, take that back. The jet sprint. jet sprint. I run in the jet sprint, um, and so I'm I'm looking forward to getting getting back in those on meet day. But my go-to running shoe, the Dell Excite. Okay, have they? Tra- I'm how- really into the road flats these days as well. Okay, have you, so you've tried the Meta Racer and stuff, right? I'm guessing I have not tried. I've not tried the Meta Racer um, because I just don't for myself see a need for that shoe i feel like that might be a shoe for people that do a lot of miles you could but it's it's real light it's well cushioned so i don't know i'm guessing that i might give the shot yeah why not you've got a sponsor it's not like you know (laughs) (laughs) that that is very true i might i might give it a try i'm surprised they aren't like here let's you try everything that we've got and (laughs) see what see what works for you they kind of they kind of let us pick, and I I like that they they let us pick what what we want to try out. And I actually just received a pair of Dyna Blast today, mm-hmm. and I I tried them on right before the call, and they are extremely comfortable. Yeah, did and they send you the I'll Evo probably ride? Wear those. I do. Ha- I have some Evo rides, and I like them. I like the Evo rides. I wear them at practice sometimes. But, you know, my go-to is the excitement. Okay. Too, Evo Red's even too much for you. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I like them. They, I'm, I'm the type of person that 
I like to match from head to toe. Ah. So whatever shoe matches whatever <laughs> outfit I have on, that's, I like what, it. I, that's what I put on. Yes. So I would say the if Eva you, Ride does get its share. If you look fast, then you are fast. Exactly. I get it. Yes. And if you, you feel good, you run good. I always tell people, like, if you're having a slump, go get a new pair of shoes. When you strap mine, you're going to be like, gonna, today's my day. Smile. Yep. Yes. And you're going to you're gonna be ready to go. And so, you know, we have some tough practices. So I always try to I feel good, look good, hopefully run good. Um, I also do like the Cumulus. Yeah. I like those as well. I like those as well. They're not you, my go-tos, you but are, I like those. You are such, you're, you're, I would say, like like a perfect, uh, you know, it's, you're going for the shoes that are not expensive and <laughs> easy to get. So, you know, I was going to yes. I, I don't want to say cheap date, but. You know. <laughs> well, I think, too, that's why ASICs are so shocked when they asked me. It was on a sales <laughs> call, so the whole sales team was on there, a lot of people on there, and they asked me what my favorite shoe, and I said the Excite. And they were like, what? Because I think those yeah. retail for $70. Yeah, it's a less expensive shoe, and it's probably also, like, it's not, uh, like, if you go to a local running store, you're not going to get it there. Mm-hmm. If you go to, like, um, like a box store, like a Dick's or something, you're, it, yeah, that's where you're going to be able to get it. I just love them. I have, like, six pairs of those. See? And so... I, <laughs> I, this is yes, the most amazing thing because like we we geek out on shoes and it really comes down to it really is a personal choice and it really is like what works for that individual so you're a perfect yes. model for that well thank you yeah all right awesome so we have three end of the podcast questions that we ask everyone are you ready for them okay. <laughs> yes <laughs> if not give it to me <laughs> okay <laughs> So this one, I don't, we can maybe tweak it for you. So we're usually talking to distance runners, but we always ask mm-hmm. what is one thing like accessory or shoe that you want to have with you on every run? One, okay. I would say my racing flat, the tar, tarther edges. Okay. Tarther edges. Okay. I need those on every run. That's a good one. I can do a lot of things in those shoes. Okay, what is your go-to post-race meal? Go-to post-race meal. I love chicken wings. All right. Chicken wings. And if we're being very specific, if I'm in Texas, Golden Chick. They have some great tenders. Okay. So when we're not in Texas and you're getting your chicken wings, are we going traditional barbecue or traditional buffalo or are we going with like a, you know, Yes, we're going okay. traditional buffalo. Um, Spicy. I will have a little ranch, and I love my fries. All right. Do you go heat on that buffalo sauce, or are we going, <laughs> like, mild? I like some heat. I like All right. some heat. Yes. All right. We, like so heat. far, we could hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and if they have sweet potato fries, I love sweet potato fries, but regular fries will do as well. Yeah, Megan, Megan's with you with I'm the sweet with you potato. with the sweet potato fries. <laughs> Okay, and our last question is, if you were not a professional um, track and field athlete, what would you be doing? I really want to get into broadcasting, but more so in front of the camera. I like talking. I've really gotten into that the past year or so, and so that's what I would do. Maybe like an ESPN host. That's I awesome. love it. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, do you want to stay in the sport or I guess with ESPN, you'd want to stay in the sport. So like covering yeah, Diamond League I events and that I kind of stuff. I in some track and field, but I would also like to cover some other sports, kind of like a Maria Taylor type thing, but also do track and field. Okay. So that's a good question before we let you go. What other sports are you into? Like what is, what is, what are you a fan of? So basketball was my first love. That's what I actually wanted to do in college. And it didn't work out because I tore my ACL. Mm. Um, but I love basketball and I love football. Awesome. Who's your team uh, besides the Razorbacks? Who's your, who's your pro team? Okay. You might find this weird. <laughs> I just started writing. I just started watching professional football like this year. I'm more, I like, I really like college sports. I feel like college sports sometimes are more competitive, but I started getting into uh, professional football, um, but I don't have a team yet. All right. But I could, I, am, I could recommend you know, one I to you. I have for the hogs. Hogs <laughs> every Saturday. It, wait, it, it, I guess, yeah. I mean, I could, they don't have a team in Arkansas, so we could, she could totally become yeah. a Ravens fan. Yeah, we've got a team and that's still in the playoffs. Up, right. <laughs> growing up in Texas, everyone's a Dallas fan. Yeah, they're not in the my playoffs. My parents <laughs> didn't watch a lot of professional football, so I probably, for the sake of Texas, will have to go with Dallas for now. All right. That could change. That's fair. Yep. That will change. That's fair. It has been a real pleasure talking with you. I hope, you know, there's a little crossover for us in learning about the sport, so this is been really informative and awesome especially i like now i just want to join track just to travel europe (laughs) but i'm I'm probably past my prime do they have like an old guy um, (laughs) circuit well thank you thank you so much for having me yeah and uh we look forward to following we're definitely going to tune in on espn in january here and watch watch you compete there in arkansas every sunday yeah Thank you. The support means a lot. And I had a lot of fun talking with you all today. Oh, thank you. All right, Talia, we will chat with you soon. And thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. And Perfect. This- thank you. All right, great. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope that you are recommending this podcast to your friends and family. Anybody you see on the street, just stop and be like, you got to listen to the drop. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's it's better than Ted Lasso. Um and also wanted to just say thanks to everybody who participated. Nick for editing, Talia for being our guest, Robbie, Megan, of course, you all the time. Thanks for giving me a shout out. Appreciate it. Yeah. Whoop whoop. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being part of the Believe in the Run gang and listening every week because we know you do. Yeah. Next week we have a great guest on. We have Danny Orr from New Balance who's going to give us a little behind the scenes on their shoes. We're going to talk, kind of nerd out on shoes. The next guy behind this, the scenes there. Yeah. I mean, next week is totally, if you like nerding out on shoes and and that kind of stuff, this is, this will be your podcast. Did you guys talk about the rebel? We did. Sweet. Rebel V2. Okay, cool. Meg, you want to say goodbye? Yeah. Have a great week of running. Don't forget to join the pure challenge on Strava and keep waving to everyone out there. Yeah. Project Run Wave. Do it. And if you're doing grit right now, hang in tight. See you later. Tune in next week.